0: With Sam Cullum. <laughs> Today I'm joined by your normal host, Amber Cullum, and we're going to talk about Sabbath, how we've done it, struggles we've had, what it looks like for us, and why we've done it, and uh, hopefully help you as Amber's doing this series on Sabbath to guide you in and, and make you curious to pursue some Sabbath practices of your own.
1: Look at that. I was going to welcome you to my show, but I didn't know what to say, so he started for me.
0: I'm good at winging it.
1: That's right. Well, let's go ahead and start so that we don't waste a lot of time. And let's tell everybody why, like what really led to us starting to look into Sabbath and why it became important to us.
0: For me, I think and you, we had started looking at some of the family teams stuff with Jeremy Pryor and Jeff Bethke and some of the research that they were sharing about people leaving the faith in Western Christendom versus uh, religions like... Mormonism and the Hebrew faith uh, and and how much people were walking away and and realizing that part of it was that there just weren't rhythms that were part of the standard daily family cycle. Um, And so for me, we were researching that and and really hit me that it was something that I wanted to give to my kids to help them see the realness of our faith, but also to give them a practice that, that gave us an identity as a family where they came back to it. I don't know if that's similar to you, but...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we both listen to the same things with family teams, but also our church was having a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. I'm pretty sure that was summer of 2018. And Doug Gamble, who is actually on the show this week, preached on Sabbath. And just some things that he said that had already been kind of uh, wandering around in my brain that I hadn't done a lot with had to do with how do we begin to intentionally practice rest because I was feeling so rushed and hurried all the time never feeling like there was any um margin to say no to things right and that was the way the kids were too so I would say that's probably the biggest thing and then we came across homeroom online which is part of the family team's approach in one month They were talking about a Shabbat meal, and that kind of led us into what we do now.
0: Yeah, and the stuff from the family teams, their three main goals were creating family identity, rooting your family in stories, and linking the generations together. And I think that spoke a lot to us. But I think we had also—one thing that we didn't talk about when we went over this earlier, so I'm throwing a curveball at you, is um, when we lived in Florida— My mom and dad had both our family and my brother's family over every Friday for the course of four or five years. Um, And it wasn't a Sabbath meal, but it was kind of a family celebration and a weekly get together. And, And so just seeing the meaning and the linking and the bonds that were created there for our family through the work that my mom did was was really nice. And I think we wanted to create that, but then kind of expand on it as well.
1: Yeah, and and we know, like, as a family of five, we have a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 3-year-old. I know, a 4-year-old. Sorry, Levi is 4 now. That's crazy to me. (laughs) But we know that it is not that easy to create rest. I mean, what does it look like for a mom of three kids to have rest? What does it look like for a dad of three kids who also works full-time to actually have rest? So... We understand that it's hard to have 24 hours of true rest. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what we do. And again, I mean, family teams has been instrumental in helping us set some of those things up. But we do start um, at 5 p.m. on Friday evening. I don't think that Sabbath needs to be on a Saturday or on a Sunday. I think you need to choose a day that works best Mm -hmm. for you and for your family. But we start at 5 o'clock on Friday night. You want to?
0: Sure. So yeah, we stop at dinner. We typically, you and I are trying to turn our phones off. Um, I tell my people who who work with and for me that I probably won't be answering calls after that time on Friday. And then if I get something, I'll come back to them on Saturday um, afternoon. But like Amber said, I think more than anything, it was for us choosing a day that made sense that we could repeat and keep doing. A lot of times Saturday night would be a much more challenging time to defend the Sabbath. Right. And so we, it was something where we wanted to keep it long-term or at least pseudo long-term. We may shift it at some point in the future as the kids get older, but we wanted to have a period and and Friday nights kind of made sense because we were usually at home. Um, and it's usually the end of the week. So it seems a little bit easier to unplug and turn things off.
1: Well, and for me, Sunday is not really restful because yes, some people think of Sabbath as that, including church, but Going to church and then going to lunch, like that doesn't feel that restful to me. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. But I tend to be engaged a lot when I'm there. And I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not spending time with God, but I am an incredibly social person. So church for me is a lot of about connecting with others. Yeah,
0: and I kind of jumped off on a tangent there, so I apologize. But you you wanted me to do a little bit more of what we actually do, right? So we do the meal, and, and typically Amber does most of the work to put the meal together. She has done different things where she's worked with the kids to let them choose what the Shabbat meal looks like. You started out with kind of a series of, you know, not too difficult, but you were doing bowl meals, and then you were making a special dessert. We would give the kids, like, chocolate milk or a juice, and it's in a special cup every week. And so usually we'll do our family dinner and at the beginning of dinner we do a very quick what 3 or 4 minute section of prayer, blessings and so what it looks like and we can put our, our what we use but we pulled it straight from family teams and adapted it a little bit for us. So we'll do reading of the Deuteronomy passage about why they sabbath, right? Because God rescued them from being slaves in Egypt and we light candles and then at that time I remind the kids and us too of why we're lighting the candles, right? It's to signify that we were also slaves to sin um, and Jesus brought us out of that. And so part of the reason we Sabbath is because we've been commanded to by Jesus. And so,
1: well, and something that I just read about that, I mean, it's a good foundation if you're listening to this and you don't quite understand why a Christian family would take on Sabbath rest because it feels like it's this, you know, Old Testament commandment, which it is. But Sabbath first came into being when God stopped on the seventh day and rested. But then in the Bible, we don't hear anything about Sabbath again until the Israelites are actually coming out of Egypt. And so I read this in Dr. Matthew Sleeth's book, um, 24-6, and he has this section about it. And part of it was because the Israelites had been put into a culture that was not like theirs. They had been enslaved for so long doing basically 24-7 work. All they did was work all the time. They were on someone else's clock. They weren't getting paid. There was no freedom. So they worked, worked, worked. And then when Sabbath came back around and was instituted for them, and, and I don't know, maybe some of them were able to rest but it was more of this idea of we're going to set this one day aside as God commanded. Um, and of course, he called Moses up and made it one of the Ten Commandments. But we're going to do this to show you that you can rest, that God is the one who provides for all of your needs, that you have now been set free from slavery. So that's part of the reason during the Shabbat meal, while we talk about this Sabbath rest is something that, um, to celebrate our freedom from slavery.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, you know, for our our kids got picked up really early on that Friday night was a celebration, right? They they always want to just keep partying. It's, you know, mom, you made cake. Let's have two pieces of cake and then let's watch a movie. <laughs> and and we're typically trying to not have tech on. And so we have generally done game time afterwards after we clean up. One thing we would probably recommend is figuring out what uh, rest looks like in the middle of Sabbath meal. So in the beginning you were doing all the prep beforehand and then trying to just, we were just throwing dishes in the fridge and then leaving it and leaving dirty dishes out. And that was not restful for Amber. And so we kind of shifted to, we're going to clean up because that helps Amber rest the rest of the time. Um, And then we realized that as we would transition straight to a game time, that we were a little bit, we were a bit noisy internally. Right. And so as we went to game time with three kids, 10 and under, it, it elevated our stress. And so we instituted a a couple minutes of quiet, right? And so really quiet, we we would take a couple minutes once we d- got done cleaning to just rest, breathe, pray, have the kids, ask them to be quiet. Usually they, w- they would kind of just separate and play on their own for a little bit, which is fine. But I actually skipped a part and we need to back up. Uh, at the end of the scripture reading and why we're Sabbathing reminder, we do a blessing, right? And so we we say, are there any sons in our family? and we do a really quick blessing that we can put in the show notes and we do are there any daughters in our family and so we we take you know a, a paragraph of blessing over all of our kids and then our kids have actually adapted that too to afterwards uh doing the uh, the Hebrew blessing of may the lord
1: may the lord bless you up- and keep you yes. may he make his face to shine upon you may
0: he and up so that's his the upon you and be gracious unto you
1: it's yeah. the Arianic blessing yeah but after that in our game time we go to bed. And currently for us, we Sabbath, we try to Sabbath from 5pm on Friday until 12pm on Saturday. And so yes, the goal is to get to a place of 24 hour rest. um, But we're just not there yet. And it's, it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not like you just wake up, in the morning and are like okay i'm gonna rest now and it just happens you actually have to plan
0: yeah. for rest yeah and some of the stuff we typically do on saturdays a lot of times i've gone for a walk or a hike sometimes i'll take a kid sometimes i haven't you've done some intentional things with our kids during those times um when when restaurants were available we had a place where you could play games and go to a restaurant and we did that with some of them but right now sabbath is a uh, Sabbath trips out to restaurants are on hold with the the pandemic going on, but um, we're still getting out and doing stuff with our kids sometimes. But a lot of times it's even for us, Saturday morning is a time where we take a little bit of time for ourselves and Mm -hmm. go do that thing that we need to do to rest.
1: Well, and that was something in an episode I did with Jeremy Pryor, and I'll link that as well in the show notes. He said, you know, you have to ask yourself, what fills your soul? What brings you rest? And those are the things that you want to intentionally pursue. So early on, I was able to say one-on-one time with my kids is something that does fill my soul. I feel joyful when I'm able to get away with one of them to just hang out. Maybe it's take a walk. Maybe it's go to lunch, play games, um, something like that. Also, you know, getting out and going for a run or a walk or just being outside alone is very restful to me. The same thing for Sam, getting out and being able to hike or ride his bike is very restful. And so most people, I would say, when it comes to intentional rest, if they ask what truly fills their soul, it will have something to do with nature, Probably. I mean, yeah, not always, but I mean, that may just be sitting outside and listening to the birds, um, you know, gardening, it doesn't mean you don't do anything. It's just like Doug had said in this week's episode, you know, if I'm a fisherman, I probably don't want to fish on Sabbath, but for me, I have a pond in my backyard. So Sabbath may look like I get to go out and catch a few fish in my pond today. Cause that's something that really connects me to the Lord and allows me to commune with him and also fills my soul.
0: Right. And I think there's a quote, and I wish I knew who it was. I heard it somewhere about um, the man who works, is his work, works with his hands will rest with his mind. And the man who works with his mind will rest with his hands. Right. And so the, the idea being that if you're a, if you work as a construction worker and you know, you're framing houses, you're probably not going to want to do a house project during your Sabbath. But for me, working on a house project and you know working on my own and measuring and cutting and doing stuff like that can sometimes be relaxing and restful and, and typically I don't know that I'd necessarily prescribe that but the idea being that you're doing something where it's it's set aside as a separate thing and it's it's restful and enjoyable if it's not enjoyable and restful don't do it but that's typically why we would why we don't want to be too prescriptive for us turning off you know the communications and the tech is really important because that sometimes can feel like rest but it's really just an escape um, and mm-hmm. I think we'll jump into that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's
1: a little bit more of a coping mechanism. So those are just a few examples. Another thing that we have, I have done with the kids is I've asked them three simple questions. And this is something that I would encourage you to do, even if you're thinking about, okay, I want to get real intentional about two hours of rest. I'm going to start there on Saturday morning, trying to get two hours of rest. Sunday after church, two hours of rest. Um, and I ask them to write down the answers To These questions. When do you feel the most rested? When do you feel the closest to Jesus? And what is something that helps you feel at peace? You don't have to expect these amazing answers. It's just asking them and letting them think about it. And now they don't naturally do that. My oldest son said, going to his room in his bed is where he feels the closest to Jesus because that's where he prays a lot. Well, he doesn't naturally do that. That's just not what he's going to choose to do when he's stressed out. But I have been able, since he said that, to look at him at times and say, you know, you told me that you feel closest to Jesus and you feel really peaceful in your bed. Maybe consider going upstairs and laying down for a few minutes just to give your soul a little bit of rest. And that triggers in their minds something that they told me, not that I told them. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can even think about and write down yourself. Yeah, You agree? I agree, yeah. Okay, so um, something that I said earlier, you know, Sabbath is not easy. It's not like you just decide to that one day, a week aside, and you're going to wake up and fully trust that God is in control, that he's going to take care of everything. Like, it just doesn't happen. And things don't run smoothly and perfectly without some planning. And so let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that we faced early on and, and some of the challenges we continue to face sure. as we practice Sabbath.
0: I think the the biggest challenge we saw early on was was doing it with kids, right? They don't want to go through a liturgical practice at the beginning of a meal, right? Half the time we were doing it, Levi was running off to the other room. Zoe was going to get a stuffed animal that she wanted to be the guest at the Sabbath meal. Um, And there's always some kind of friction, right? Kids can create friction where there is none. Like we flip back and forth who goes first on the blessing, boys or girls. And even that becomes an argument sometimes. Who lights the candles? Who reads the Deuteronomy passage? And so I would also say there was a big challenge, and you can maybe speak more to this, in just preparing the meal, right? Because Amber takes on a lot of that. Not a lot of it. You take on all of it. Um, And so dealing with that and then coming into a meal where one of the kids has a surly attitude and it's supposed to be this nice, restful time, but in in the midst of it, as we start, it's already becoming hectic, and it looks like every other meal. I don't think it looks like every other meal to our kids, but I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves in those times that it's a long-term goal and it's a long-term commitment to something like that, right? It's kind of like the first year of marriage we're in right now <laughs> where, you know, I look back in the first year of marriage, we were we were the best-looking we've ever been, but we were <laughs> it was not the most peaceful, right? And that's kind of what Sabbath is like right now. Um, we're still figuring it out and we're, we're limping away along as we go, but we've already seen, I think, a lot of fruit out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, another challenge that I have faced is the temptation for digital distraction. I mean, the reality is, in this day and age, it's so easy to use TV as a distraction, to use your phone as a distraction, to use working on the computer as a distraction, in all honesty, for me, to use listening to audiobooks and podcasts as a distraction. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say listening to an audiobook or a podcast is a distraction for everyone, and sometimes it's not even for me. But I certainly have to spend time evaluating is this helping me rest? Is this helping me commune with God? Is this helping me to trust Him? Or is this just something else to fill the space? And a lot of times for me, it's filling the space. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the biggest challenge I think for a lot of people is, and and what I've found it too, is that it's, hey, we're slowing down. So there's an emptiness, right? That we're usually filling with something. And a lot of times we're just, it's just filler, right? And so for me, a lot of the challenges early on when we slowed down and we had some time for quiet was I wanted to run away from it because I was facing myself. And as you face yourself, you you're doing it honestly, you realize very quickly that you're you're not well, that you're coping, that you have all these stressors in your life that you're not dealing with in a healthy manner. And so for me, it was what do I fill this time with? When I'm doing it well, I'm taking the time to go out and have intentional time where I'm speaking to God. And when I'm doing it poorly, I'm running by filling it with stuff like what you're talking about. But that's probably the biggest challenge I think for a lot of people is that as you even as you look at Sabbathing, it's What am I going to do with that time? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Well, and it's continued to be, that's continued to be the biggest challenge for me is the digital distraction. But early on, I would say one of the biggest challenges was, you know, you get to, we can be early birds in our house. And so we get to like 10 a.m. and I'm starting to feel kind of lazy. I'm starting to feel like I'm failing at this. I'm starting to feel bored and Because of the personality that I have, that can kick me into a little bit of a a depressive type feeling. Like I need to get up and do something so I don't feel that way. But part of it is a learning process and saying, okay, if that's how I feel, what do I need to do to, again, commune with God? To just rest. We are not in a culture where we know how to rest. We equate rest with laziness, right, and that's just not true, so part of it is some internal work that um I have been working through since we started back in January. Is that when we started? yeah, yeah, so
0: and another challenge I have is actually resting in the fact that we can get everything done in six days with taking you know, really a, a better part of a half day off. Right. And, and we've been faced in this time with a lot of economic uncertainty. Um, even before the pandemic, we had stuff in my industry up here that was going poorly since August the year before. And so being able to step out in faith and say, God, we can get this done. You know, this, this world can continue on without me. Um, and you have things under control has been a real challenge because I want to keep working I want to keep seeking to assert my control over what's going on. And if I can control it, it helps me feel safe, right? And and having to, in that, say, you know, the whole point of Sabbath, part of it is recognizing our humanity, our need daily to breathe, to eat, our need weekly to actually rest and to rest in God. And so it kind of, for me, has slowly changed my orientation to one of dependence versus one of control, but I mean, Amber can attest that I go back and forth on this every couple hours of every day, especially in the current time, just because it's, it's hard to know what's coming and and not knowing what's coming means that I have to rely on God. And sometimes I don't, and I'm relying on on myself. So when I'm relying on myself, Sabbath is a good weekly reminder of, Hey, you're broken. You're just human. You have to sleep. You have to eat, you have to breathe. And then also you're going to die not too long. So, uh, you know, (laughs) where is your, where is your actual treasure at, right? What are you, mm-hmm. what are you seeking out of it? And I think that you know one of my buddies, Josh, and he, he's already memorized the whole thing. But he challenged me to memorize First Peter one three through nine with him, and I'll pull it up in a second and read it just so you guys can hear it. But I'll let Amber keep talking about challenges too. I think she may have more.
1: Well, no, this is the last challenge before we move on to actually some of the benefits that we've seen. Is the failure to prepare? I did not understand this in the beginning because I was. You know, I use Saturday morning. Again, this is just my Sabbath. Some people can do it on Sunday. Some people, maybe your day off is Monday. Maybe it's Wednesday. I know for my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they really struggle to do this because they have a lot of people who work for them who they need to work on Saturday morning in order to pay their bills. And so my recommendation to her was, hey, maybe you all could do it from 1 p.m. on Saturday until After church on Sunday. And so anyways, the failure to prepare for me were were things like Friday, I have to have my kids go through the whole downstairs and make sure everything's picked up. Because when I wake up on Saturday morning and it is a train wreck downstairs and the kitchen is a mess, there is nothing about me that feels rested, at peace, or joyful. So (laughs) I'm basically starting out the morning irritated. Now, does that mean I can't get back to a place where I'm communing with God? No, it doesn't. But the temptation is there and it's so easy for me to just say, okay, on Friday, I need to do A, B, and C so that Saturday morning we can all rest better.
0: Yeah, having to rely on that. the same thing for me of planning ahead with work so that if there's something that's coming up Friday evening or Saturday morning, I've already thought ahead of it. Spoken to the people who are going to handle it and said, "Hey, this one's yours. Yeah, take care of this and this and this and this is how we're going to do it." But that that takes intentional planning.
1: I mean, and this is parties. we are a work in progress, so we don't want anybody to think that this is something that we do extremely well. Because to be honest with you, every single Sabbath since we started in January, there has been at least one occasion, probably more like three or four occasions during that time where I'm just totally irritated with the kids because we're still trying to train them. And it's not like they're just joyfully resting all the time, but that's where we're going to talk about some of the benefits that we've seen as a result of Sabbathing. So Sam, do you, is there anything you feel like that you have experienced or that you've seen our family experience as a result of this practice?
0: Probably the biggest thing I would say with the kids is just there is the tradition is already built in, right? For them, and, and they don't always come to Sabbath with great attitudes, but typically for them, Sabbath is fun, right? Like it's it's an enjoyable time. And I think for them, it's already meaningful just in that it's, it's part of our family identity, right? Like I think it helps them feel safe mm-hmm. in, in our family and knowing that I have seen all three of our kids at different times and they react in different ways just to that really short blessing that we do. But just the intentional practice of, Blessing your kids, I think, is has been good for us, even though we do it in our, our solitude and prayer in the morning, but they don't necessarily hear it. But doing it to their face and showing them on a weekly basis that, that we bless them has been—I've seen, at least in them, uh, there's a safety there that probably wasn't there before.
1: One of the other benefits, yeah. too, for us is—well, that I've seen. It's funny because I saw it more early on than I see it now, but that's just because it's, we're consistently doing the same thing. I had a, a friend— Um, actually more of an acquaintance, just talk about how, you know, they still do this family meal and their kids come over on a Tuesday night. It doesn't matter what's going on. Their kids are all over the place now. But whoever is around comes over on a Tuesday night and they have this meal and they play games and it's just something they do in their family. Um, Well, so that's not necessarily intentionally practicing Sabbath, but because we start on Friday night with a meal, I can see the benefits of that long-term already. I experienced that as a child growing up because my grandmother cooked every Sunday, even to the point where I could come home from college and pop in her house on a Sunday afternoon and there would just be food there. You know, there may be two people home or there may be 12 people home, and it seemed like there was always enough food. Sam's mom did that. So, those types of things, we've seen the benefit of our kids just knowing on Friday night we have a special meal and we're going to play games. So if we're not playing that game with you right now, bring it to the table on Friday night, and we're going to play it. Yeah.
0: For me, and this has been in, in concert with a couple of practices, like doing the daily office and and taking some more intentional time for prayer, um, but I've seen, for me, God's Word and my prayer times really come alive, and a lot of it was born out of some frustration in the early days of us practicing Sabbath, right? With With just not... Feeling like I was able to unplug, but it kind of put in me the realization that there was a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And so saying, hey, I need to push into this a little bit more. I need to go pursue God into these places. Sometimes it's me reenacting my own Psalms where I'm mad at God and shouting at him, but... You know, being able to come back to God's faithfulness and, and him really being able to speak to me more in those times has been powerful for me as as we kind of wade through a challenging time with, you know, as a result of all this pandemic stuff. But just knowing that God's going to provide and, and being able to look back historically and see God's faithfulness to a people who were just as unfaithful as I am to God.
1: On that same note, a benefit for me has been I've always felt like I've been able to be honest with God And so it's really helped me to learn a lot of the areas where I don't trust Him. And being able to go to Him and just be honest about that has deepened my relationship with God. It has not only exposed, you know, just where I'm inadequate, but it's really just shown me God's going to listen to you and God's going to love you no matter what you bring to the table. And Sometimes you grow up in our current Christian culture feeling like you have to do all the right things in order for God to meet you. It's not explicitly said that way, but I think that's just as our minds are forming, that's, you know, good behavior equals good outcomes. Bad behavior equals bad outcomes. Bad thoughts equals bad outcomes. All of these things. And yes, there is some of that that's true, but... The reality is in God's world, he actually wants you to be honest, right. good, bad, ugly, whatever. And so that's been a benefit for me to just sit with him and wrestle and be like, you know what? I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable right now and I'm just frustrated or God, I can't deny you. I walk outside and if I just slow down and look around at everything, I can't deny that you are real and that you are trustworthy because this world continues to turn despite all of the craziness going on.
0: Yeah, some of the stuff that I've read, I would I would say is a benefit of me is is just recognizing that there is value in slowing down. Because one thing you have to think about is what are you not doing if you choose to rest, right? And if you're you're choosing to not do other things, you are choosing something. And so for us, I've I've seen the benefit of just this being a time of intentionality, right? Because it it becomes a time for us to get filled up again. And so I know that in this time, I want to go back to God. One of the uh, references that I read not too long ago was uh, a book by a guy named Kosuke Koyama called Three Mile an Hour God, and where he talks about God is love, but God is also slow. And so taking those times to slow down and be still and be silent um, is really an opportunity for God to show us that he's looking on us with love. And I think that, you know, that that lack of vision or, or lack of being able to visualize that in our own lives where we see God as critical and you're not getting all this done and you're not getting all this done and he's a worldly representation of our fallen authority figures um, isn't the real God. And and I think we sometimes we just have to slow down enough to actually be able to see God and see what he's doing. And sometimes, you know, I, I think, especially in this time, for me, it's been important. And I think the guy who was on your podcast last week, Matthew Sleeth said it, but he may have pulled it from somewhere else. Um, but thinking about our current times and all the uncertainty that's coming out, I think he said, nobody ever finds Jesus the day they win the lottery. For me, and I think for a lot of people in the coming months and years, is we're going we're to be facing more challenging times, potentially. We may face better times, but it, a lot of us are going to be facing challenges. These are the times when we have to lean in and, and cling to God in a way that we didn't have to before.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and so as we begin to close out, I do want to just share some resources that we have found super helpful. And you will be able to find these linked if you go to graceenoughpodcast.com. Up in the right-hand corner is a show notes tab. If you just search episode 69, you are going to see all of these things linked. And so there have been a lot of resources, and I don't want to overwhelm you because I've we've talked about some. There's been some linked in episode 67 and 68. Um, I would start with those. Dr. Matthew Sleeth's book 24-6 is an excellent resource. Doug Gamble mentioned a Tim Keller sermon that I've linked in his episode that's all about Sabbath. But something that we have found really helpful is you can go to familyteams.com and find some information. Family Teams is also on Instagram and there you can follow them. They Post often about Sabbath and Shabbat practices, but Jeremy Breyer is probably the one who posts the most often about it. I would also say the Art of Rest by Adam Mabry is a book that I have read that I highly recommend. I don't know if you have anything you want to share.
0: The the Justin Early book has been very good and helpful for yeah, me. Yeah, the
1: Common Rule and Justin Early will be on the show in a couple of weeks, but. His book is all about habits, and one of the habits in there is Sabbath, and just some different things about technology. And he actually gives you a couple of plans depending upon what season of life you're in, you know, what your day to day life looks like, in order to put some of these things into practice.
0: One thing we had talked about, and we don't we don't want to be too. Um... I don't know how to say it. We we, we don't want to challenge you in a place where you can't go. But if you're in a place where you may be doing this on your own as a parent, um, especially uh, regardless of your situation, maybe find somebody who you can just talk to about it, right? Because you're going to have struggles. And if you're doing it on your own, you might need to express those struggles um, with somebody who's safe and maybe not in your family, but also somebody to maybe just keep you accountable and keep encouraging you through this if it's something that you really want to do. I know for me having somebody outside of my family who's a good friend and like an accountability partner, but we're really not testing each other in those areas, but just to be encouraged and to keep coming back and, you know, different days, we're reminding each other of different things. It's, it's been very helpful, maybe not in Sabbath, but in other times. And I can think, I could see where that would be valuable in um, a personal setting going forward where you would have somebody to speak into your life and into your family's life.
1: And I would say the other thing that Sam and I and several of our friends have grown greatly through and really would say, I mean, we listen to on a regular basis is Bridgetown Church and Mm -hmm. John Mark Comer. If you go to practicingtheway.com.
0: Dot org, right?
1: Oh, is it dot org? Well, it'll be linked. It's Practicing (laughs) the Way. John Mark's Church, Bridgetown, they have several sermons on various areas. But there, if you scroll down that page, It'll say Sabbath really big. And if you click on Sabbath, there are about eight sermons there all about not just how to do it, but why and what Jesus practiced and his slow way of living. And I mean, honestly, I just think John Mark and his church has probably helped warm our family in ways we probably won't know for years.
0: Yeah, but having a lot of that there it's a, it's a good undergirding that that is much more uh theologically rich and content rich than than even we create um but but very good stuff there for sure.
1: Yeah, and you can also his book The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is also fantastic and has a whole chapter about Sabbath. As does Jefferson Bethke's book To Hell with the Hustle. He has a uh, chapter seven, I think, is a day of resistance. That's all about Sabbath as well. So Sam is going to close us out by reading. Oh, are you reading from Deuteronomy?
0: I can do either one. You want to, you want this? No, you, you
1: read Deuteronomy. Yeah, okay, so he's is... going to us, close us out by reading what we um, read over our family for our Friday night Shabbat meal.
0: Deuteronomy five fifteen. So this is right in the middle of the, the giving of the Ten Commandments and right before this I'll read 13 and 14 and and tell you, so 13 says, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day, that's 14, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your ox or donkey, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And so here's 15, and this is what we read. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And so in that same way, we like to remind ourselves and our family and even you today that you were a slave to sin and you were brought out of there by Jesus and into freedom. And so in living in that freedom, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath and we would invite you in whatever way you can to go and live in it as well.
1: Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time!